You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Gary Harris Show. It's 9.02 a.m. on this Wednesday December 6, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris. We gave uh, Noah Haynes a couple of mornings to sleep in, and, and we decided that was enough. You got you got enough rest, man. Yeah. He's back with me this morning. Uh, Manny the Controls, of course, uh, had Justin Jones in the last couple of days, both these guys. Do a terrific job. So we're ready to rock and roll this morning here on the program. I'll run down the uh, lineup for you here in just a second. And uh, tell you what, Noah, we hadn't done some headlines in a while. We're going to do headlines this morning here in just a minute. Yeah, go ahead and get that headline music ready because I hadn't done them in a while. But I'm going to do some headlines this morning. But first, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show is being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member owned and not-for-profit. It really is just a better way of banking. And uh, this is the type of organization they are. Uh, Alabama Credit Union was voted best company to work for in Alabama. Wow, that tells you just the type of organization that Alabama Credit Union has put together. That's right, that's right. And if they're that great to their employees, imagine how good they're going to be to their customers. That's, uh, or I shouldn't even say customers, that's the wrong term, to their members. Find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, good lineup today. Just two guests at 9.30. It's the Bama Football Recruiting Report with Andrew Bone, Senior Recruiting Analyst for uh, BamaOnline.com, part of the On3 Sports Network. Then at 10.30, Bart Heitch on hoops as we'll break down the uh, college basketball with the former Mississippi State Final Four guard. And uh, now he does so much uh, different stuff in regards to basketball and broadcasting and um that's always a lot of fun. He'll be brought to you by nextgamehoops.com. That's Bart Heights on Hoops <clears throat> coming up this morning at 1030. So uh, if you want to get involved in the program, the First and Main Condos hotline here in the first hour, Krispy Kreme hotline in the second hour, First and Main Condos hotline 205-342-9904. That's 205-342-9904, the First and Main Condos hotline. We've had some great calls this week, some great interaction from our listeners, and we would love for that to continue this morning. So all you have to do is give us a call and we'll get you in on the program. Like I said, hadn't done headlines in a while, but we're going to go ahead and do them right now here on the Gary Harris Show. Tyler Booker says there's only one Alabama. The Bama standard can only be imitated, not replicated. He said that Saturday following Alabama's victory over Georgia Bulldogs in the SEC Championship game 27-24. In response, no question I asked him about whether Alabama deserved to be in the playoff. He said, absolutely, of course, and Alabama made it. And he talked about people counting Alabama out. And, of course, we know that um, the Tide has used the acronym LANK, let all naysayers know this season that Alabama has felt disrespected and comments by former Georgia Bulldog defensive lineman David Pollock really seemed to spur on Alabama when he said that uh, Kirby Smart was a better coach than Nick Saban and that Alabama made way too many mistakes uh, to beat Georgia. Well, it was the other way around as Georgia was the team that made the errors in the game. Alabama got the win and Tyler Booker wanted to remind people that Alabama is still the standard. And when you're talking about Alabama football, you don't uh, win as many games as they've won this year or 
throughout Nick Saban's tenure without good players. Crimson Tide has uh, 10 players that earned a spot on the Associated Press 2023 All-SEC Football Teams. The first team honorees included Mr. Booker at offensive guard, offensive tackle J.C. Latham, outside linebacker Dallas Turner, quarterback Kool-Aid McKinstry, and place kicker Will Reichard. Alabama's second team selections were made up of quarterback Jalen Hurts, or Jalen Hurts, how about that? Jalen Milrow. <laughs> Been a long time since Jalen Hurts played here. Quarterback Jalen Milrow, defensive lineman Justin Aboyby, outside linebacker Chris Braswell, quarterback Tyrion Arnold, <clears throat> and safety Caleb Downs. In addition, Downs was selected as the Associated Press SEC Football Newcomer of the Year. In other headlines, uh, Bama in the NFL update. The Carolina Panthers fired head coach Frank Reich last Monday, but it did not spark the Panthers to victory on Sunday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers held off the Panthers 21-18 as Carolina's record dropped to an NFL worst 11-1. And for the first time this season, Panthers quarterback Bryce Young failed to complete more than half of his passes. The rookie out of Alabama went 15-31 for 178 yards with no touchdowns and one interception there at the end of the game when Tampa Bay was defending Carolina. Carolina was trying to get in position to either kick a game-time field goal or take a go-ahead touchdown. The Panthers, though, now it's coming out through different reports that under former head coach Frank Reich, it was a dysfunctional situation with coaches texting the owner, David Tepper, behind Frank Reich's back, and uh, Tepper had had enough of it. But because of all the dysfunction, it appears that Bryce Young's development as a quarterback has been uh, stunted just a little bit. Of course, Young, the number one overall pick out of Alabama in last spring's NFL draft. So, Hopefully, Carolina will get their ducks in a row because I do think right now that situation for any quarterback would be difficult, particularly for a rookie. And according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, former Alabama linebacker Ruben Foster will work out for the Miami Dolphins this morning. Foster has dealt with injuries and off-the-field issues since coming into the league. He was drafted in the first round of the 2017 NFL Draft by the San Francisco 49ers. But, uh, again, off-the-field issues, and then he tore an ACL. He went into camp with... uh, the Washington football team in May of 2019, and he had another knee injury then. But this past spring, he had a resurgence in the USFL with the Pittsburgh Maulers, finishing with 53 tackles and an interception. So the Dolphins are going to give him a look. He'd actually been in camp with the Dolphins before, so maybe they'll sign him at least for the practice squad. Love to see Ruben get another shot. He is just a, he's one of the fiercest hitters I have ever seen at the linebacker position. The Thompson Warriors are in the Super 7 Class 7A state championship game for a sixth straight season and are playing for a fifth straight title. They'll play Central Phoenix City tonight at 7 o'clock at Bryant-Denny Stadium. If Thompson wins, the school will tie Hazelwood High School with five straight state championships. Hazelwood won five in a row from 1988 to 1992. Mark Freeman, though, said uh, yesterday that just because... Thompson has played in a lot of consecutive state championship games. That doesn't necessarily give them an advantage tonight in that uh, a lot of these kids are new to the team, and uh, this is this year's team, and it's different. Central Phoenix City also is loaded as well. It should be a heck of a game. 7 o'clock tonight over at Bryant-Denny Stadium as the Super 7 state championships kick off with the 7A title game tonight, then three games tomorrow and three games on Friday over at Bryant-Denny Stadium. On the NBA scene, the Lakers have reached the semifinals of the in-season tournament. Boy, it was not without controversy last night against the Suns. Um, And it's a situation where 
The Lakers beat the Suns with a controversial timeout late in that game, 106-103. So the Lakers move on to the semifinals, and uh, the Suns are eliminated from the end-season or the end season tournament, which I have to be honest with you, I still don't completely understand, <laughs> to, be quite, to be quite honest. But in a rare trade between the two longtime rivals, the Red Sox traded Alex Verdugo to the Yankees for three pitchers. Uh, the outfielder... Uh, for the Red Sox uh, going on to play for the division rival New York Yankees. So that's a check of headlines. We're off and running here on the Gary Harris Show. It's 10 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. 9.30, Andrew Bone with the Bama Football Recruiting Report. 10.30, Bart Heights on hoops. Your phone calls on the First to Main Condos hotline, 205-342-9904. Joe and Dothan, you hold tight. You'll lead us off when we come back on the other side of the program. So keep it dialed in right here at Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. This is Crimson Tide Today. It's daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Everwood, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood, traded right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Following Saturday's SEC championship game victory, here are some thoughts from head coach Nick Saban. Yeah, well, I think that um, I couldn't be a prouder of a bunch of guys uh, on a team that has come so far uh, from where we were second, third game of the season. I think this is a great example for a lot of people who want to be successful in terms of the perseverance that these guys showed, the character that they had to overcome adversity, the resiliency that they played with, and they're truly a team. Uh, everybody's together. Everybody trusts and respects the principles and values of the organization and the program and buy into them. They're all responsible for their own self-determination, which means they can go do their job. Um, so I couldn't be prouder of a bunch of guys, the progress that we made, the way we compete. I'll have more in a moment. Producing championship quality lumber is not an easy process, but at Everwood Preserving, it's our only process. Wood treated right. Everwood offers top-notch pressure-treated wood for decks, outdoor structures, commercial jobs, and more that you can build your reputation on. When it comes to quality, we're on the winning team. Visit your local Everwood dealer today and discover the difference for yourself. Everwood Preserving Incorporated, the official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Congratulations to the Crimson Tide football team on being selected to the 2023 college football playoff. Alabama was selected as the number four seed and will play the number one seed Michigan in the Rose Bowl on January 1st. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life, Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Hi, Barry. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch soup salad or sandwich combo i'll see you at the free 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today, colder, the high 52. Tonight, a freeze likely clear with a low at 30. Tomorrow and Friday, the sky mostly sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow 59, the high Friday at 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 45 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. 916, welcome back into The Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC, the Tide 109 app, and Tide109.com. Gary Harris, Noah Haynes. It's 916 on this Wednesday December 6, 2023. We're going to jump out on the first domain condominiums hotline and welcome in Joe, our pal from down in Dothan. Hey, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Gary. Thanks for taking my call. You betcha. Gary, I'm uh, so proud of the team. Uh, what a weekend it was. Just just absolutely ecstatic. You know, but but I got to say, Gary, you know, I, I do feel bad. I genuinely do feel bad for the Florida State players, their coaches, their fans. You know, I, I would be a very upset you know, if our quarter, if Milro had gone down and we were undefeated and we got left out. Um, but the thing is, Gary, what, what I love about it, though, is the loudest voices in the media about this are, it's so predictable. It's a who's who of Bama haters. Tim Brando, Danny Cannell, Barrett Salee. I mean, you, you know the names. I could go on and on and on. Booger McFarland. They are so big mad. And the thing is, they're projecting it, you know, to be about Florida State, but it's not, Gary. What it's about is the fact that they have been wrong about our program. The narrative has been wrong. They tried to bury us going all the way back to last year. The, the narrative was, well, Bryce Young and Will Anderson are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, what's that look like next year for Bama? Mm, Georgia's taking over the conference. They, you know, two straight national titles. They're going for a three-peat. I mean, I mean, Bama's done, basically. was what you know. Tim Brando said several times that we would be exposed if, even if we made it to the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. So long story short, they're so mad, Gary, and I just I, it, it it tickles my ears. I love it, and it fills my heart with joy that they are so mad. That's all I can say. Well, I agree with you. I mean, there's a lot of people that uh, you're you're right going back to last season. That's 100 percent the truth. And then this year with the way it started, and um, many people did write Alabama off and said they would not beat Ole Miss. And you know, I saw one guy get on TV and say they'd lose five or six games. And and then they just kept finding a way to win. And people just kept pushing back their agenda. Well, wait till they play this game, or wait till they play that game, or wait till this happens. And then you're right. Um, Joe, after all that, then they said, well, they surely, surely they won't beat George in the SEC championship game. And we'll still show you that we were right. And, um, and then they beat Georgia. And then it was like, well, they still don't deserve to go to the college football playoff. Um, <laughs> but they got in and now it's the angst and the hand wringing and the fake outrage. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's a little old. It's, um, you know, it's, it's wearing thin a little bit. The bottom line is Alabama earned their way in. Um, and, and I'll say this, Joe. <clears throat> It just so happened that we didn't get to this logjam until the final year of uh, of the college football playoff four-team format. But this thing was flawed from the get-go. I mean, we always knew there were five power conferences and only four spots. You know, in some years we've had, you know, two conferences from the same – or two teams from the same conference get in. I mean – Five doesn't fit into four. There's no way. So there was always going to be a possibility that you might even have a year where you had five unbeaten 
conference champions, and only four can go. So this was always a possibility. And, um, I, you know, again, I, I've been back and forth on expansion. I'm for expansion. I was hoping that we would do an 18 playoff, Joe, instead of 12. But I'm all for 12 now or eight or whatever we're going to. We're going to 12 because this, you know, this could have been avoided this year. But let me say this, too. All the hand-wringing being done on behalf of Florida State, they were one of the schools their athletic director, Michael Alford, uh, who vehemently was against the playoff being put in this year because of Oklahoma and Texas uh, coming into the SEC. They were mad about that, and uh, the ACC voted against it. They won the three conference. We could have had the playoff, expanded playoff this year, Joe. We could have had it in place this year, and then Florida State would be in, and Ohio State would be in, and Georgia would be in, and Liberty would probably be in, but there were people that voted against that. So I'm moving on from it. Sounds like you are as well. Absolutely. And the other great part about this, Gary, is, uh, you know, the Auburn fans, we had already ripped their hearts out with that ending of the Iron Bowl. And, you know, they were sick about it. But they thought, well, you know, we, we lost bragging rights in the state for at least another year. Um, you know, you know that at least 75% of them thought we were going to lose to Georgia. So that really makes that ending, to me, extra special because now Auburn fans have to suffer through a whole new level of misery with us getting into this playoff and possibly winning a national championship. It's just, uh, it's a great time to be a Bama fan, Gary. You know, and I, I, I know I sound, you know, kind of a little salty, but but it's it's well, you, you know, you said it, it's well-deserved. We've heard this nonsense for these past couple years, people attacking our program, writing it off, you know, just, just any, just the pitchforks were out at any little thing that Nick Saban said. And uh, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox about it, but I just, I couldn't be happier, Gary, and I'm, I'm so excited about this matchup. And I wanted to get your take. I'll leave you with a question. If we get by Michigan, and I'm, you know, I know nothing's guaranteed, but let's say we get by Michigan, would you rather play, you know, Texas in Houston, which I'm thinking that's going to be inside a dome stadium as hungry as that fan base is? That's going to be, it's going to feel like a road game. I mean, I know there'll be a lot of Alabama fans traveling out there if that was the case, but no, I, like I honestly, road game. I'd much rather place. I'd much rather face Washington. All right. Well, here's the way I look at it. First of all, it'd be a lot like playing Atlanta in uh, Georgia and Atlanta. That's that's even though Alabama has a good fan contingent there, it's you know it's it's a home game for Georgia. Same thing in Houston for Texas for the uh, CFP national championship game. But I'll tell you this, Joe. I, I would I'd love to see Alabama get an opportunity to play Texas again just to get payback. I mean, I really would. Um, true, true. That I guess so. I would lean toward that. I think both Washington and Texas are really good teams. And I'll tell you this: it wouldn't surprise me if Washington beat um, beat Texas. I mean, that Michael Penix is some kind of player, and you know they answered the bell against Oregon when a lot of people had counted them out for that rematch. So um, you know, but I, I look at it. Uh, if you you know if you just ask me who I'd rather play, I'd love to see Alabama get a crack to. Um, at Texas again, because uh, I think Alabama's a much different team. I think Texas is really good. There's a reason they're in the playoff, but Houston or not, um, I'd love to see Alabama get that shot at the Longhorns again if they can get by Michigan. Absolutely. I'm excited about it. I appreciate you taking my call, Gary. Thank you, Joe, as always. Good to hear from you. All right, let's uh, get to Philip here on the First and Main Condominiums Hotline. Good morning, Philip. Hey, good morning, Gary. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of like you, yeah. I'm, you can just sort of overdose on all this stuff now that all the all the flack has fallen from the sky, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the playoffs now, and and I'm I'm glad Alabama's in. I'm happy Alabama's in. And uh, Saturday evening, um, you know, after we won, after Alabama won, I, I was pretty high, but then 
as the as the night wore on and FSU got involved in their game and you start seeing um a lot of stuff online, especially from CBS sports writers, uh, Barrett, Barrett Sally and and some of those guys, uh, you know, I started having a lot of doubts that Alabama was going to get in at all. And, mm-hmm. and I went to bed Saturday night thinking, even after FSU won that, that was a ter- well, it was a terrible optical game to watch, I went to bed Saturday thinking that we were going to be on the outside looking in, and I was shocked uh, Sunday that, that we got in. Even though I felt like Alabama – was a better a better team, um, but I'm I'm moving on from it. I think the Alabama Michigan game is going to have a incredible viewership. I I think it's going to eclipse twenty million. I, I really believe more than twenty million will watch that game. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I think it could be the highest rated CFP semifinal ever. Yeah, I do. I think you're talking about Alabama, Michigan, two iconic brands, um, Saban, Harbaugh. Uh, in the Rose Bowl, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an unbelievable ratings bonanza for that game. And I think that Washington and Texas will have a huge number following that game. Alabama and Michigan will be a great lead-in. And then you've got Sark taking on his former school. You know, they played in the bowl game last year, Texas and Washington did. So, yeah, I think it's an incredible semifinal, pair of semifinals. And, and I think the ratings will be unbelievable. I agree with you. What do you know about those numbers? Is is twenty million achievable? Is that too high, or do you think that's something thinking uh, over? Well, based on the amount of eyes that were on uh, the SEC championship game, um, I think it's very achievable. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. you know um, when you look at um, just how much interest there is right now in college football. And you look at these two teams, it's on, you know, New Year's Day. I, I can't imagine that if you're a sports fan that you're not going to be watching. I mean, you're talking about the SEC championship game drew 17 and a half million viewers. All right. And that's a conference championship game. All right. That was an increase of about nearly 7 million viewers from Georgia and LSU last year, just last year. So you take into account now, like you were saying College football playoff semifinal, Alabama versus Michigan, all the storylines, Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I again, I don't follow. I'm in the broadcasting business, but I'm not one of these people that crunches ratings numbers the way some people do. But yeah, it seems very, very, uh, um, very achievable to me. And I'm, I'm with you. I kind of, I kind of expect it based on what happened in the SEC championship game. Gary, yeah. Gary, you've been so blessed to have such an interesting career. Can you, can you imagine? doing anything else uh not really uh i was limited from the get-go in terms of my skill set you know i'm not uh i'm not very technical so i'm not you know i was never going to be a doctor and and i like (laughs) um you know you probably because i have paul patterson on i love i love law law television shows and love the part of being in the courtroom but could have never made it through the study aspect of that uh you know i'm not uh, i'm not a tinkerer, you know, I'm not a mechanic. I'm not, you know, I mean, so it's probably, um, you know, sports casting or sales or some type of arts and entertainment career for me. So yeah, to be a sports caster and, and to be here in Tuscaloosa and be on TV and have a radio show, um, you know, it is a blessing. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I agree with you. And, um, Hey, hey Gary, you got, you got a damn good skill set, man. I'm glad you give it to us. Well, thank you, Philip. I, I appreciate you, man. See you, man. All right, buddy. Good call there from Philip. And I'm trying to uh, find out the highest rated national championship games 
ever as, as uh, Philip had brought that up about uh, um, I'm going to look for that just to see. Maybe Noah, you can help me look for that too. Just see if we can find the highest rated. Let's just do um, from the CFP era. Um, I'm going to do it right now before I try to get to this break if I can find it because just to see um, yeah, yeah, here we go. Um, we're going to, yeah, it's going to bust 20. That's, that's, yeah. Then that's a final that I'm looking at, not semifinal, but yeah, they've been over 20 million, <clears throat> um, many times. So yeah, I think this is going to boost it back up. Last year's game was way down, uh, because, you know, it was a route blowout for one thing with Georgia and, and TCU. It was only 17.2 million viewers, but, um, yeah, it's going to be well over 20 million for that game. <laughs> it might be it might be closer to 30 million. All right, we'll get to the break and when we come back recruiting on the other side with the Bad to the Bone recruiting analyst Andrew Bone catching us up on all things Alabama recruiting and there's a lot going on. We'll have it for you next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 12:30 AM WTBC. In the mid- Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and and Northport. Follow Tide 100.9 on Facebook today to watch our live shows. Read the great articles and interact with Bama fans today. And it's time for the uh, Bad to the Bone Alabama Football Recruiting Report with Andrew Bone, Senior Recruiting Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the On3 Sports Network, and a lot to kind of wrap our arms around as far as Bama recruiting because the coaches are on the road, and uh, they're making in-home visits and trying to uh, um, receive commitments and sure up previous commitments and uh, get ready for the signing day later this month. Good morning, Bone. Morning, Gary. How are you? Doing great, man. Good to have you on. A lot to talk about. Let's start with uh, uh, Jeremiah Beeman, uh, the uh, defensive line out of Birmingham, who um, had been committed to Alabama, but uh, was still entertaining offers, and there was a lot of talk about um, Auburn with Jeremiah Beeman, but the Parker High School standout has uh, locked in with the Crimson Tide and is shutting it down. Yeah, you know, this is a kid that we have talked about you know, throughout the year as far as taking visits elsewhere. He, he took an official to, to Auburn back in September, went to the Iron Bowl, also visited Colorado during the middle of the season. Uh, you know, I think that you know, he just wanted to go out there to see something different. I don't think Colorado was ever really a, uh, a major threat, but Auburn was. And, you know, they were uh, they were certainly coming after him hard, you know, continued to press uh, all the way until the end. His teammate uh, in the 2025 class, uh, Jordan Crawford, uh, who is also a defensive lineman, committed to Auburn, uh, I think, a month or two ago. And, you know, they, they've certainly been uh, been doing everything they can to try to flip uh, Beeman away from Alabama. But, you know, we kind of heard, uh, you know, really over the last month or so that, you know, things were pretty solid there, that there were really not a ton to worry about. But, 
uh, obviously you just never know. Uh, you know, once you kind of get into the last final weeks of the uh, of the recruiting season, but um, yeah, he announced yesterday after the in-home visit with uh, Coach Saban and Freddie Roach that uh, he was shutting things down. That he was you know very solid with the decision and you know looking forward to um, you know joining the uh, the team a little bit later on this month because he's an early enrollee and um, he'll be able to get get on campus uh, here pretty soon. So you know, good to. Uh, shore that up because Alabama only has two defensive linemen in this class uh, him and Bongo out of Central High School in Phoenix City so you did definitely did not want to lose uh, a defensive lineman in this class with you know with the low numbers and you know, they're going to have you know, probably a few more spots left uh, they'd like to get uh, some defensive linemen in but uh, you know, losing one late would be bad, but I'm sure they were very excited to uh, to get that one uh, completely sewed up before the um, before these next two weeks end. Yeah, no doubt about it. That that is a big one. Uh, let's talk about some other uh, prospects that Alabama's recruiting for 2024. Uh, Jordan Seaton, the offensive tackle out of IMG. Uh, many having rated as the top offensive tackle in the country. I'm seeing that uh, most of the predictions are for him to go to Ohio State. Where does Alabama stand, Bone? Well, I think if you look around and you you talk to you know different reporters uh, in different net, you know on different networks, but also you know on different uh, teams, um, everybody has a different answer. Um, you know, Ohio State guys, you know, talked to them yesterday. You know, felt like it was Alabama, Ohio State, or Tennessee. Talked to Oregon people, and you know, about you know forty eight hours ago, they said Oregon was out. Then it became Oregon. Ohio State, you know, it's Alabama, and you know, Alabama's you know still in it. They're still in communication. Um, yeah, you know, I guess we'll have to w- wait and see. And then you talk to Tennessee, and you know, it seems like Tennessee's on the outside looking in. But there's some national reporters who believe Tennessee's in the driver's seat. So it's it's been a uh, it's been a weird situation, which basically tells me that nobody knows. Um, you know, everybody's just kind of speculating as to what he's going to do. I think that uh, as of yesterday, now, you know, we haven't made the rounds yet today, but as of yesterday, uh, Jordan Seaton and his camp, were they were in communication with all four of those schools. You know, is there another school that's, you know, potentially still in it? You know, maybe Florida's been in that top group. Colorado's been in that top group, but I, I don't think he's going to end up going to uh, any of those places. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it could go either way. I, I think that, uh, you know, obviously NIL has been a, um, you know, is a big factor with a lot of kids. And you can imagine, you know, the number one offensive tackle mm-hmm. in the country, a, fran- a franchise type player. Um, you know, he's probably being treated you know, like royalty by a lot of schools. So um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. It, it could be really interesting. You know, one Ohio State reporter um, at On Three Sports. Uh, posted, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, that you know, no matter what school he ends up committing to this week, uh, nobody's going to probably feel comfortable about the commitment mm-hmm. until December the 20th. Now, one thing to keep in mind is Nick Saban has not gone in home with Jordan Seaton yet, and that's not going to happen this week. Um, the plan is to visit with him next week. I'd be surprised if the visit uh, is completely canceled, but um, you know we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it'll be an interesting announcement come uh, come Thursday. 
Indeed. And um, with Seton's um, situation, Alabama's, uh, according to Joseph Hastings, involved with another big high school offensive tackle that uh, had strong Auburn interest. Update us on that situation. Yeah, so uh, Favor Edwin, uh, who we've talked about a lot on them online for the last several months, six foot eight, 290-pound offensive tackle that um, just completed his first year of high school football. Uh, he moved to America a couple of years ago as a basketball player, um, was ruled ineligible as a junior, so didn't get a chance to play actual high school football uh, in a meaningful game until this past season. And he went to Alabama's camp during the summer, uh, had a great showing, received an offer, but you know, at the same time, it was one of those deals where you still need to be evaluated when you go out on the football field and uh, put the pads on it and see how you move out there against competition. So yeah, Alabama watched them this season. Uh, you know, I think they were, you know, they think they were impressed. I mean, he's still a kid that probably needs a year or two of development inside a program before uh, you're going to expect much out of him um, just because of, uh, you know, he hasn't played much. So he, he needs to, uh, he needs to get developed, needs to learn, uh, needs to learn a lot. I think Alabama has certainly turned up the heat with him, uh, you know, in the last month or so. He's visited three or four times already. He's got a really good relationship with, uh, with some of the Alabama offensive line commits. Uh, there was some talk that he was going to go ahead and make a decision this week before uh, the official visit to Alabama this weekend, but that is no longer going to happen. He's going to keep the official visit. He's going to come to Tuscaloosa. Eric Wolford, Alabama's off- offensive line coach, visited him yesterday, and uh, he is going to be on campus this weekend. And you know, if all goes well, I can see this you know swaying in Alabama's favor. Uh, Auburn, I would say. I'll probably say prior to the uh, visit with Coach Wolf yesterday that uh, Auburn was in the driver's seat, and, and they still might be. Uh, they could easily be uh, the front runner, but I think you know the fact that he is going to visit uh, this weekend, uh, you know, certainly gives Alabama uh, an opportunity there. Indeed, it does. Let's talk running backs uh, with Andrew Bone on the Bama Football Recruiting Report. Um, the Tide uh, still looking hard at Daniel Hill from Meridian, and also now. Kiwan Lacey is uh, moving closer toward a decision, and I I wouldn't expect Alabama to sign both these guys. So where does it stand with Lacey and Hill in in regards to they take the first one that commits, or will they take them both? Um, Will they get either one of them? What's the latest on running back recruiting? I think think Alabama would like to take two. Um, I think one's a definite, but if they can get two guys they really like, I think they're going to have a chance. Uh, you know, they have an opportunity there to uh, to take two. Uh, Keywan Lacey out of uh, Lancaster, Texas, uh, decommitted from Nebraska you know, back in late October. Uh, took a visit to Alabama in, in November, and um, still working on official visit plans for Alabama this month. Um, you know, could. Not going to happen this weekend, probably, but most likely next weekend. Uh, this is kind of come down between an Alabama and Ole Miss battle. Um, some other schools in it, but it looks like it's Alabama, Ole Miss, the top two. Uh, Nick Saban is supposed to be at his high school today, uh, so that's going to be a big visit there. Um, I think that Alabama's certainly got a great chance with Kiwan Lacey. And then, you know, as you mentioned, Daniel Hill out of Meridian, you know, this kid that has visited 
several times. Uh, you know, a lot of people probably assume he's going to Alabama, but you know, my opinion, I think if somebody has been to Tuscaloosa so many times and has yet to make a decision, um, you know, there's something going on there, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's necessarily Alabama. I think you know, Alabama would be open to taking him, but I just think that he doesn't want to go to Alabama. I think that he wants to uh, go somewhere else. Now, I could be wrong. Um, he could just be waiting it out all the way until the end and then making a decision, but it just has that feel that, that he wants to be somewhere else. So we'll see um, over the course of the next two weeks what happens, but South Carolina's been you know, the school that has been at the top of his list and his mind for a long time. I don't think uh, he's gotten a lot of family support to go that that far away uh, when Tuscaloosa is uh, obviously a lot shorter drive, but we'll see uh, kind of how things unfold. You know, one other guy I'll mention is Jaden Ball. Um, this is a six foot one, two hundred fifteen pound running back out of uh, Decatur, Georgia, Columbia High School. Uh, has received a ton of attention from Alabama over the course of the last few months. Uh, really, since he received an offer and then you know, made a trip to Tuscaloosa uh, in November. Robert Gillespie, the running back coach, has visited Jaden Ball twice already. Um, visited last Friday. Visited yesterday. Uh, we've got a great interview with Jaden on the site right now, Bama Online, so go check that out. Uh, but I, I think this is a kid uh, to really watch out for in the coming weeks. He's committed to Arkansas. Florida's in it. Uh, Georgia Tech's trying to get him. But uh, but I, he's scheduled to visit Alabama next weekend. Uh, that's certainly a guy that uh, I think Alabama fans need to keep a uh, very close eye on in these uh, coming weeks. Great stuff, Bone. Let's keep it rolling. Um, we mentioned shoring up Beeman, the defensive lineman out of Parker High School in Birmingham, and a lot of recruiting now is not just getting commits, it's keeping the ones that you have. And there'd been a lot of speculation that Caleb Odom, the talented tight end out of Carrollton, Georgia, uh, was looking around uh, Auburn. One Among those schools, is, it looks like Auburn has really targeted a lot of Alabama commits, but he, um, he said that he's sh- sound and locking down with Bama as well, right? Yeah, it's kind of weird with Auburn. I mean, I guess, you know, you're an in-state school. You're trying to go after, you know, the best players, uh, you know, that you possibly can be. I, I feel like I've heard probably Auburn mention more than, you know, than any other school as far as targeting, uh, you know, Alabama commitments, trying to flip them. But, uh, but, but yeah, Caleb Odom visited Auburn back during the season, but you know, Auburn really wasn't a top contender there. He even visited uh, Auburn for the Iron Bowl, but didn't, he didn't go as a visitor for Auburn. He just went as a fan of Alabama. And, uh, yeah, I think that you know, he kind of shut things down with Auburn pretty quickly, but did consider Ole Miss pretty strongly. was in Oxford uh, on back-to-back weekends, including an official visit back in early uh, November. Actually went to uh, Ole Miss um, the weekend of the Alabama-LSU game. It just that I don't know if he had thought about that uh, a, a month or two prior when he set up the visit, but it was that weekend. Uh, kind of ends up kind of getting stuck taking that visit, and uh, you know a lot of people were worried that um, well, why would he go to Ole Miss you know, instead of being in Tuscaloosa for the LSU game? And uh, you know we try to say you know really not much to worry about there, but uh, you just obviously never one hundred percent know anymore, and. Um, 
Caleb ends up coming out yesterday and saying that you know, his recruitment was completely shut down, which we had been hearing that behind the scenes for a couple of weeks now. Uh, so he shuts things down, and um, you know, one less kid to worry about these next, uh, you know, until December the twentieth. Bone, what's the latest on uh, former Mobile Christian linebacker, current uh, Spanish Fort linebacker uh, Sterling Dixon, another one of Alabama's top uh, commits? Uh, is he firm? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think once you kind of get into December and coaches get on the road and, and they go and visit a lot of different high schools, um, you know, they might be going and seeing one of their commitments. They stop by another school, go see some kids, and mm-hmm. um, you know, start telling you that, that, you know, you're the top target on the, on their board all of a sudden. So, yeah, I think that, you know, there's some schools that are going by and seeing Sterling. Uh, I think Auburn's one of them. That, you know, they're certainly trying to uh, – come in late make a run but i i don't think you know he's entertaining that i think he's very solid with uh with his commitment um you know we had an interview on them online leave yesterday uh with sterling he's really excited about you know future at alabama i think he's getting to tuscaloosa uh in the next couple of weeks to begin bowl uh, practice uh, you know, a lot of these kids are coming in for bowl practice. Now, they won't be able to play in the bowl game, but you know, being able to uh, get on campus, go through all that stuff is going to be very beneficial. We saw that you know, last year with several guys, um, Justice Haynes, Caleb Downs. Um, you know, we're all able to come in early and start working out with the team. So we're going to see that uh, a lot this year uh, with several Alabama uh, commit signees that are going to be able to get there, I believe, around December the 16th. Of course, Bone, uh, Alabama's commits are being recruited, obviously, by other schools, and Alabama's recruiting commits from other schools, too. Uh, one of them, of course, Xavier Mincy, the outstanding uh, defensive back from Daytona Beach, Florida, that's committed to the Gators. But I understand through on three that uh, Traveris Robinson visited with Zay Mincy on Monday. Anything there to report? Well, Xavier um, actually is not committed. He is considered a a lean to Florida, okay. but not a not a commitment. Not okay, my mistake. Florida commitment just yet. Um, you know, this is a kid that has visited Alabama a few times. Took his official back in October. Uh, has Alabama high on his list. He's the number two corner in the country according to On Three Sports. But he's also one of these kids that can play just about anywhere in the secondary. Um, T. Rod visited him on Monday. Nick even should be going in next week for an in-home visit always been one of those situations where a lot of people assume that he was just going to stay in the state of florida with florida and miami kind of considered the top two there and he's visited both of those programs uh several times so there's a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of interest in in those two um but you know they've also struggled on the field a little bit uh, so that kind of gives alabama a, a um yeah, an opening there. I think if he, he decides to make another trip to Tuscaloosa this month, which is under consideration. Now, as of right now, playing in a state championship game tomorrow, kind of been focused on that. He's taken his official visits already. So uh, over the next uh, you know week and a half, he's still trying to decide if he's going to take any unofficial visits, uh, get back to you know a couple of these campuses before making that decision. His brother um, plays at Alabama State. So he's thinking about making a trip back to Tuscaloosa, uh, getting his brother on campus, you know, kind of uh, talking to him, uh, helping, letting him help with uh, with that decision process. So we'll see if he ends up making it back to, to Tuscaloosa. And if he does, I think they're going to have a very good chance. If he doesn't, 
I'll probably lean towards him um, staying in the state of Florida. Andrew Bone, senior recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the On3 Sports Network with us for the Bama Football Recruiting Report. All right, let's get to uh, Ryan Williams, the latest on him, 2025 commit out of Sarah Land. Of course, they're playing for the state championship, and uh, he has been committed to Alabama for a long time. There's still a feeling that he may bump up to 2024 and uh, reclassify, but Auburn's got uh, Perry Thompson committed. They flipped Cam Coleman after Jimbo Fisher was fired at Texas A&M. They would love to put uh, uh, Cherry on top of that recruiting class with Ryan Williams and have him reclassify to 2024. Uh, what's the latest there? Well, as you said, you know, the latest is he is preparing for a state championship game this week. Uh, that's kind of been his main focus. But, you know, he, does the, he did announce the other day that he'll have a big announcement on Sunday. Um, you know, I don't really see this as, anything negative for Alabama. Um, I think a lot of people got scared when, when Ryan announced the other day that he's got an announcement set for Sunday. Uh, but I think it's you know something that's going to be positive. Um, you know, I don't want to dive too much uh, into it just yet, but, um, but obviously there's been some speculation for the last um, several months that, um, that he might reclassify to the 2024 class. Um, I think it's something that Ryan has been, you know, working on uh for a while and you know it's something it's an option that he wants to have now there's a lot of kids uh, here's the thing there's a lot of kids that try to have the option to reclassify and a lot of them don't do it uh, you know they just decide you know what i want to stick around another year i want to enjoy you know my last year as a as a high school student um you know i want to uh, i want to go to prom i want to go to all this stuff i don't want to leave my best friends because uh, this is you know, this is basically the rest of your life. You're going to college. You're going to be a, uh, you know, a college athlete and, and a top college football program and then potentially go off to the NFL. So, you know, a lot of these kids have decisions that they've got to make there if they want to go ahead and get their career started early. Um, but we'll see what happens with Ryan on Sunday. I know that he's been working to have that option. And um, I think, you know, he'll probably announce a decision whether or not he is going to remain in 2025 or reclassify to 2024. All right, sounds positive for Alabama. All right, Bone, before I let you go, and I know Alabama's on the road. They're getting ready for, you know, start preparations for a college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but also it's portal season, and um, that's I know the portal recruiting is something that you've got to add into, you know, regular recruiting and NIL and keeping your own players on the roster. It's just so much going on, but um, – we know uh, Buckner's gone in the portal and Ty Jones-Bell, no surprise. Uh, Buckner says he might play lacrosse. For Alabama, though, are there any players in the portal that you think will garner interest from the Crimson Tide? You know, as far as names, you know, I think that Alabama is certainly going to have some interest in you know, a few different players. Now, as far as position, um, you know, I would probably look at you know, defensive line, defensive back, um, offensive line but a lot of it at the same time is you know you have to find somebody that's going to fit in with your program you've got to bring these guys in you know there's a lot, obviously a lot of um discussions happening behind the scenes but alabama for the most part likes to bring these guys in for visits before you know making decisions you know how much is nil a factor um you know who's going to be on your team next year who are you still recruiting on your team uh, that's potentially going to enter the portal that, that you're trying to keep? Because you, know, you want to make 
you know, you might have a backup that, you know, you feel like has a good chance to, you know, be a solid contributor next year. Well, you go in and get somebody at his position. He may want to, you know, test the waters as a, um, you know, in the transfer portal now. So I think a lot of those conversations have obviously been happening. Um, so I don't want to dive too in, too much into uh, the player names mm-hmm. just yet. We haven't. Now, you know, the weird thing is, is, you know, we're three days in and we haven't seen a single player uh, announce you know, they have an offer from Alabama or, you know, they have interest right. in Alabama. Um, but there are a lot of conversations happening. And Alabama, you know, for the most part, likes to keep things relatively tight-lipped until uh, a kid steps on campus. So, of course, in the next two weeks, we'll, we'll pay pretty close attention to see if uh, anybody makes a trip down to Tuscaloosa. But there are some names that we have heard um, that they would be interested in. We'll kind of keep that uh, quiet right now because we're not even posting those names on uh, Alabama online just yet. But um, but I think that um, you know they're going to be pretty active in the portal, especially uh, even more once we get a little bit closer to the early signing period and they get uh, you know most of their class wrapped up. Because you you know you look back last year, you know, Alabama had strong interest going into the month and potentially going after a uh, tackle in the transfer portal. Well, then they end up flipping Caden Proctor away from Iowa. Uh, so they didn't. They decided not to go after a tackle. So you got to kind of wait and see uh, how the you know remaining twenty twenty four class uh, turns out. All right, Bone. Awesome stuff as always, and much more available that uh, we didn't talk about. Uh, fill the listeners in on how they can find you. Yeah, go to bamaonline dot com. We're updating things constantly. Um, you know, every day we have our um, our recruiting rundowns with you know every stop that Nick Saban and the coaching staff make. Uh, any nuggets stuff like that so bamaonline.com uh it's a dollar sign up uh right now for one month subscription so um you know that gets you all the way through signing day so go check us out bam online you can follow me on my twitter handle which i guess we call x now uh andrew j bone thanks so much bone all right, Gary. Have a good one. See all right. You. Terrific update there on recruiting. All right, 9.54. We'll take a break and come back and wrap up hour number one. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We're back after this. Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join us on Thursday as we keep the conversation going as we grade this 2023 SEC championship team. We'll also have recruiting with Max Recruiting. We'll have those conversations and more right here on your home for Alabama Sports Tide. 100.9. Catch the Martin Houston show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. I'm embarrassed. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today, colder, the high 52. Tonight, a freeze likely clear with a low at 30. Tomorrow and Friday, the sky mostly sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow, 59, the high Friday at 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 46 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, that's going to do it for the first hour. Brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Second hour is on the way. Gary Harris, no Haynes. Keep it dialed in right here to Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC. We'll be right back. Spoiled WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. 
Here's Nick Cope. Starting with news in the NFL, a report from The Athletic details dysfunction within the Carolina Panthers organization with team sources describing a Hunger Games-like culture within the franchise. Coaches undermining other coaches and staffers texting owner David Tepper behind Coach Frank Reich's back with issues that they saw with the team. Other league news, NFL media reports the Rams are signing veteran kicker Mason Crosby to their practice squad, and they intend to have him on the active roster in the near future. NFL media also reporting the Chargers are opening the 21-day practice window for receiver Joshua Palmer. In baseball, the Athletic Reports free agent closer Craig Kimbrell is close to signing a deal with the Orioles. And in college football, Georgia transfer quarterback and former five-star recruit Brock Vandegriff announced his commitment to play for Kentucky. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Chris Christie will take the stage at the Moody Music Building on the UA campus tonight for the fourth Republican presidential debate. Roads and parking around the Moody Music Building are closed to the general public. Persons attempting to access East Campus should use Campus Drive off of Warner Parkway. An Alabama senior United States Senator Tommy Tuberville has ended his months-long hold on senior military leadership promotions in that battle with the Pentagon over abortion policy. He said his hold was not working. For the late- this local news in Tuscaloosa. Bama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two, the Gary Harris Show with Gary Harris, Noah Haynes, and uh, your phone calls are going to be welcome on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline at 205-342-9904. Remember, they're hot and fresh anytime at Krispy Kreme. All right, this this hour of the Gary Harris Show is going to be brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, they do it right. Feet on the ground in West Alabama. Personal injury attorneys that, uh, uh, as I said, highest uh, character. And if you and Patterson Comer come to an agreement. Uh, they're going to be with you the entire way. They're going to look out for your best interest all the way, even if you have to go to court. You'll look them in the eyeball. Uh, it's a lot different than dealing with one of these big 1-800 firms, believe me. Find out more at PattersonComerLawFirm.com or reach Paul in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport 205-759-3939 or toll-free 866-507-9091. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right. uh, This second hour, we've got um, Bart Heights on Hoops coming up at 1030 this morning. But right now, we're wide open for conversation. If you want to give us a ring on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904, we'd love to hear from you. All right. Obviously, we're still talking Bama football. That's the big topic right now uh, with um, the Crimson Tide in the college football playoff semifinal. And this is the final year of the 14 playoff. Next year, it's 12 teams. So you'd like to believe that 
Next year, you can be uh, be really good uh, and get a crack at the playoff, but you don't have to be great. Or you can be a group of five team. Or you can be a Florida State that uh, ran the table in the ACC but lost their quarterback late and still get in. There'll be room for a lot more teams next year. But this is this year. And like I said earlier in the show, I've said it uh, consistently, it's a flawed system. We know that. And uh, there are five power conferences. And um, there's only four spots. It's remarkable that there hasn't been more controversy sooner in regards to uh, this 14 playoff. But it just so happened that most years uh, there were there weren't nearly as many teams with these type of records. I mean, two years ago, Georgia lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game and still got in. 2017, Alabama didn't even play in the SEC championship game and got in after losing to Auburn uh, last year. Ohio State lost to Michigan and got in. But this year, there was no room for that. There was no room for late losses, nor was there room for Florida State after Jordan Travis went down and their offense looked a lot different. They are a really good football team. I wish that they could be in. I wish that, to be honest with you now, I wish that Ohio State and Georgia could be in. And uh, maybe even Oregon with their two losses to Washington. I'd love to see an eight-team playoff. As I said, I'd love to see eight versus one, seven versus two, six versus three, and five versus four. And uh, and play it down from there. But that is not the case. Uh, we've got the four teams that we have. I think they're four really great football teams. When you look at Michigan, you look at Washington undefeated, and you look at Texas, and you look at Alabama with one loss. And Alabama's loss is to Texas, and Texas lost lost to Oklahoma. So they lost to really good teams as well. So uh, I understand if I'm a Florida State fan, I'm upset too. But all of this stuff, this garbage about talking about filing lawsuits and this political posturing that's going on, you're not going to do that. And as I've said before, Florida State and um, the ACC had voted for the playoff to come into um, existence sooner. They might not be in this situation. So now it's, um, it is what it is. There are teams that have gotten left out of playoffs for as long as there have been playoffs. There have been teams in the NCAA basketball tournament that got left out that were just absolutely devastated. Um, even after we get to a 12-team college football playoff, there's going to be a team sitting there at 13 or 14 or 15 that's going to say our resume is better than the team at number 10 or number 11 or number 12. So it won't end unless you have – it's completely inclusive and you have everybody that plays college football in a playoff and that's just not the way that it's going to be and um it's still going to have some controversy even as we go forward but for this year and i've said all along on my show that i thought alabama if they went out would get in and they did uh for this year um i hope now at some point we can move on. And if I'm Florida State even, you've got to move on and get ready to listen. you got a chance to make a statement. You're playing Georgia. You're playing the best team uh, in the SEC over the last two or three years, a team that won 29 games in a row until Alabama beat them, a powerhouse team. And if you can go out there and beat uh, beat Georgia in that Orange Bowl, that's a statement for you. And if you're Georgia, you certainly want to defend the honor of the SEC, recognizing that if you don't win that game, uh, you're going to be catching a, a lot of heat. So I always get a little creased when people say, well, there's nothing to play for. You know, they talk about these bowl games as if they're they're inconsequential and so-and-so shouldn't play in them. You know, if you're a competitor, I believe you want to play. That's just me. That's my, that's my belief system, that you play football to play football. It's what you want to do. You got a chance to win another game. You got a chance to go out there on a, big stage in front of fans and people on television and play the game that you love. 
So it bothers me when we act like, well, if you didn't make the playoff, you've got nothing to play for. That's not true. Georgia and Florida State are playing for an Orange Bowl title. That's a prestigious major bowl game for as long as I can remember, as long as I've been alive. So you got something to play for. And, you know, again, I got, you know, all worked up last week when people were talking about, well, if Alabama hadn't, had not beaten Auburn, they wouldn't have anything to play for in Atlanta. They'd have been playing for the SEC championship. Yes, if they had lost Auburn, they would not be in the college football playoff, but they'd still be SEC champions. That's a big deal. Always something to play for. Let's jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in Cowboy. Good morning, Cowboy. Yummy. Hey, how are you doing? Doing well. I see. Well, you know, I called your show last week. You said if Alabama football is made what it's made of, they'll take their turf back. And I believe we showed what we're made of, dear. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I don't think there's any doubt that this football team showed that the, uh, as Tyler Booker said, you know, uh, the the Alabama standard um, can be imitated but not duplicated. And um, Alabama made a huge statement on a national stage, and now, Cowboy, they got a chance to make even a bigger statement and win another national championship. Yeah, they really do. That, that's... Uh... That's grandiose, you know. Uh, I got thinking about that Rose Bowl uh, in twenty twenty four. Rose Bowl twenty four is going to be a significant year for me. I'm not going to say what age I am on the air, but it's going to be a significant year. And I remember my father told me he became an Alabama fan in the forties. He was he grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. And they were farming out there. And his dad said, son, you want to go inside and listen to Alabama on, on the radio on the Rose Bowl? And he said, yes, sir. He told me anything he could do to get out of that field farming and plowing with mules, right. you know, in the, in the Depression era. And, and uh, he grew up in East Alabama, and all his friends were Auburn guys. And uh, he, he was a, he's an Alabama guy. So, but... Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia to the Rose Bowl. Oh, no doubt about it. It is. It is. It's the granddaddy of them all. Are you going out there, Gary? Still working on that. Don't know yet at this point. You, um, you got to go, brother. Well, I've been out there. Go. You know, I went to the 2010 BCS yeah. championship game, and and I want to go. But again, it's that's as great as it is logistically. It's the worst possible spot for for oh, yeah, me really as far good. as what you know trying to cover it. But we'll see. Well, maybe we can. Uh, win that ball game and then make a four-hour journey for me. That might be pretty easy for me to get to Houston, Texas. But got to oh, beat yeah. Michigan first. I'm sure they're going to have Tom Brady out there since he lives in the area, uh, giving him some inspiration. Six-time Super Bowl champ. No, he's seven. Seven, six with a pass and over the Bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure they might try to get him to give him some inspiration. Um. But uh, that, that that was a that was a big win Saturday. It really was when it when it when we went up when they cut it to twenty seventeen. I had that feeling of two thousand eight when we Florida. played Florida yeah. over there. Uh, it just you know second half we just couldn't muster any offense, and then lo and behold, we decided to let it rip, let our hair be on fire, and we got after them and went right down the field. That that was kind of the ball game, and then. Well, we had to run out the clock, but uh, we let it rip on that deal. Put it in 
Neil rose hand and he took off and did his thing. And, you know, I guess I need to apologize. I'm probably a member of the Lank Club, let all naysayers know, because when this season started, I was a naysayer. But, you know, I'll be the first to admit myself that I was wrong. And, uh, you know, Nick Saban and Tommy Reese aren't getting the coaching credit they deserve for the job they did with this football team and Jalen Milrow and the turnaround he has done and this year and everything because I don't think that Texas football team would like to see him again. Let's put it that way. He's uh, And Tommy Reese maybe should have been up for Brawls Coach of the Year. I see where they – the Iowa coach wanted. Iowa defensive Iowa coordinator, team. yeah. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, do in any game that matters. Yeah, I think Coach Reese was up for it. He just didn't. He didn't get it. But, uh, but yeah, the job that he's done adapting uh, his offense and and using the skill set of Jalen Milrow, as you just said, Cowboy, very well. It's been it's been an amazing run for this team, and I, I don't want to say reestablish because reestablish means that you you had you you hadn't been there. I mean, Alabama just won the national championship. We know a couple years ago, and. Um, and then last year, as we've talked about, lost two plays, on two games on the road in the SEC on the final play of the game, won 11 games. And now this year they're sitting here at 12-1 and one and now have an opportunity to keep that streak intact of Alabama under Nick Saban not having gone more than three years without a national championship, which is unbelievable. And if they win that, that this year, it's, oh, it's, 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 un, it's incredible, you know? So, um, yeah, so they never really went anywhere. People, people wanted them to go somewhere. And then people obviously, uh, when they lost to Texas and then the, you know, and, and we all saw what happened at South Florida. That was a, that, you know, just, a, it's a good thing they won the game because that was yeah. a game of, Hey, we're going to get everybody's attention. We're going to, you know, change gears here. We're going to let Jalen watch it from the sideline. We're going to play Buckner. And then when he didn't play well, they got Simpson in. But after that game, I believe is when Saban just got everybody together and said, here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to be committed to it. You know, Jalen Milrow is going to be the quarterback. Tommy, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to adapt your offense to his skill set. Jalen, you're going to have to be a leader on this team. And you're going to have to play better. And all that happened. Defense has been solid. And, you know, you won. When you look back on it, Cowboy, and I got other calls I got to get to, but when you look back at it, um, you know, it's been a, there was a tight window there. It wasn't like Alabama was blowing yeah. people out. I mean, they were in some tight games, uh, but they yeah. won every one of them. And they made the plays, and they overcame penalties, and they overcame turnovers for a while. And then now they're, they're really, really hard to beat. I became a believer after they beat Tennessee. I really did. I, I knew in my gut they were they were doing it after they beat Tennessee. The way they came back in that game, and I said, it, you, you can fight this, but this, this is Alabama football, and they win these kind of games, and I've seen it over the years, and I knew going into LSU, even though we got behind there, and half the LSU defense couldn't stop all right, Cowboy. I, I knew after Tennessee, the worm had turned. That's right. And they just All kept, right, buddy. All right, good to uh, good to hear from you. All right, I tell you what, uh, we got um, Steve and Tony in Birmingham. You guys stay on hold for me. We'll go to the break, and uh, then we'll come back, and we'll get to both of you in the next segment. So uh, just total tight force for just a couple of minutes. Hey, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa is in full swing, and so much going on. I've been telling you all about it. Last week was the uh, Community Open Doors Wellness Week. A lot of people tried it out. The 
The brand new cardio equipment is there. Uh, beautiful uh, open air area when it's warm. They can slide up the the, the, the big doors and, and they've got an outdoor workout area. Maybe a little too cold for that today. But uh, the locker rooms are spotless and sanitized. It's just a great facility. Get by and see them at 2300 13th Street. Become a member of the YMCA. I've been one for over 20 years. I'll right, we'll be back with more phone calls right here on the Gary Here Show. 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. The Bermuda 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today. Colder, the high 52. Tonight, a freeze likely clear with a low at 30. Tomorrow and Friday, the sky mostly sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow 59, the high Friday at 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Find Tide on Twitter at Tide 109 to keep up with show announcements, guests, and our reporters in the field. Hey, welcome back into the Gary Harris Hour. We got phone calls lined up, so we're going to go in the order in which they came in. It's going to be Steve, Tony, and Birmingham, and Lewis. So, Steve, uh, good morning. Welcome into the program. Hi, Gary. How are you this morning? Doing well. Um, I'm so happy that you got Krispy Kreme as the sponsor. We knew we've known the Smiths for years. Uh, my brother-in-law used to run around with Kathy, the Smith's daughter, and I can remember going to Alberta City on Saturday morning. That was a big deal, getting to go to the Krispy <laughs> Kreme. Yeah. As good a product as it is, they're that much better people. Uh, they're just wonderful people. I, I don't know Evan like I know I knew the Smiths, but I know I'm sure he's a fine person as he well. He is. He really uh, is. And uh, I just wanted to mention, I'm so I'm so happy that you got them as a sponsor. Um, Gary, I'm going to kick this down the road. You may get mad at me, but uh, are we ever going to get this arena built? Are we worried about losing our coach because of it? No, or? I don't think they're worried about losing Coach Oates. I think he's very happy here. They're paying him really good money. He believes he can win a national championship here. Obviously, he can. He's had two Final Four caliber teams two of the last three years. Uh, on the arena, though, I you know, I, I unfortunately, I do think it's been tabled. I, I just think that... Uh, Obviously, there was the plan to build it. It was there. They had the press conference to announce it, which you don't ever do uh, or shouldn't ever do until you, I guess, really know. But, uh, um, you know, NIL hit and cost, building cost and materials just went skyrocketed. And, um, you know, what I understand, and this is just me, um, I don't, you know, this is not anybody in the Alabama administration that's told me this, but I have heard from some people that, um I think have a good idea what's going on that, that right now it's just not a, the priority because, uh, you know, getting the NIL situated and, and, um, some other things, I do think at some point you need to build an arena. I mean, it's just, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they need a smaller arena in my opinion. I don't think too small. I, I always thought 12,000 or 12, five would be a really good number, you know, a circular arena where, you know, you can get the students on the floor you can get maybe a few um, luxury boxes in there, and and um, but right now, Steve, I, I don't have good news to report. I, I don't have any any idea um, when or if that's going to happen. 
you know, there's a lot of people with big money gear that love basketball. You know, there's a lot of people that love basketball uh, that would love. And I, I know it would hurt some people's feelings that would probably lose their tickets, I'm sure. But, um, Gary, with this playoff field, do you know or have any idea about what the NCAA pays the team? I mean, for pay for the trip, meals, rooms, how much the university would actually clear if they clear anything at all off the game, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, they're gonna, you know, it's it's uh, now. Listen, the travel party that they take out there, and all oh, it is a huge expense um, for going to these these games, particularly when you're going across country to California. But with the money that's generated um, through the television contracts, yeah, it, you're going to benefit financially from this. When it's all said and done, but it is a it is a huge expense now as far as what it costs to um, take a football team to to one of these games. But it's um, obviously it's well worth it. Oh yeah, well Gary, I know you have other calls, but I am so happy that you've got Krispy Kreme as a sponsor. That kind of hit close to my heart. Well, good to hear that, and get let's everybody get by and get us some donuts, man. It's holiday season; it's donut time. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks. All right, uh, good to hear from you. All right, let's get to uh, Tony over in Birmingham. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Gary. You doing okay? Yes, sir. Excellent, excellent. Look, uh, Gary, um, help me out with this because uh, I guess the the time in which this this particular play happened, the bond catch mm-hmm. that uh, he was falling down, kind of a to me a underthrown ball mm-hmm. comes back for it. Was that not in the second quarter? Is that correct? Yeah, it was in the second quarter. It led to that that touchdown that they got uh, before the half to go up seventeen seven. Okay, um, so I was just proving through the uh, YouTube world and Dog Nation's little thing comes up. And, mm-hmm. Gary, they are trying to uh, basically, uh, they are demanding an answer from the SEC of why that play was not uh, reviewed. Well, from what I understand, or, it was reviewed. I mean, it they, they, the game. From what I understand, it was reviewed, and um, they didn't see the need to stop the game. Uh, they reviewed it, said it was a catch, and moved on. So, uh, Yeah, I, the, the, their whole thing is uh, uh, their explanation for that. They, they feel they're being lied to because there is no way in these Georgia fans and the Georgia minds of people that uh, – there is no way they could review that because Alabama moves so quick to get the next play going. Well, I, I, I all digress. I know is what I saw. The SEC said that they reviewed it, so I don't. Right, you know, right. Can, well, all I know is that was in the second all they want. It's not going to change it. First of all, I thought Georgia fans said they didn't make excuses. That's all I heard for right. the last couple of years <laughs> after Jamison Williams and John Mechie went down. Uh, Cry baby, Alabama, don't make excuses. And now they're talking about one play in the second quarter cost them the game. So I hate yeah, to break the news, Tony. Quarter. It's, it's twenty-seven, twenty-four, and it's not changing. Right. In the second quarter, they didn't have time to come back and make adjustments. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, another thing, Gary, uh, do you – I often sit back at the end of the year and think how much talent we could have coming back for the following year. And I know a lot of people leave early. Uh, some are going to transfer out. But can you imagine, Gary, the the quality of teams that Alabama would have had had these players not left early, I, I, I think of the 2010 team going to 11, all the players we lost off that squad that could have come back. Uh, the the 2014-15 team and, and 15 going into 16, uh, this team, if we don't lose a lot coming back next year, Alabama would dominate. We would be dominant. Um, and, and I often think about that kind of the, sort of sometimes during the offseason. But, you know, what what's your opinion? How many players – could you see 
us um, uh, losing either A to the portal or early, you know, early draft, you know, coming out for the pros. And, and what do you see this team moving forward for next year? With it, I mean, we have a tough schedule. Right. Next yeah, no, they do have a tough schedule next year, uh, Tony. I, I, you know, it's really hard to project that because of the portal in particular. I don't know, you know, who's unhappy over there and who feels like that they're not going to get opportunities. And even the the NFL draft, in terms of the draft eligible guys, you know, just off the top of my head, I think uh, I think Latham will go. I think Dallas Turner will go. I think McKinstry will go. Um, I think there's a chance Taron Arnold could go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, again, I'd have to look at the roster and, and spend a little more time than I have time right now. But, yeah, they're going to lose some guys. And But still, to answer the second part of your question, next year's roster should be loaded. And um, yeah. they ought to be better than they are this year, in my opinion, based on the players that I know have to come back and are happy. So, But as far as how many guys you're going to leave – uh, lose. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll look at the roster when I have time and, and get a better feel for it. Maybe talk about it next week. But right now, like I said, I, I would think that uh, um, Latham's going to be gone. Um, you know, I think Milrow will be back. Although, you know, his stock might be pretty high coming out of this uh, this playoff on defense. Um, like I said, my guess is Dallas Turner will go. The two corners uh, have a chance to go. I think McKinstry will go for sure. Um, you know, you're going to lose some guys just because they're out of eligibility. A boy being, yeah. um, you know, what will Jaheim Otis has got to come back for a third year. So you're not going to lose him. So, again, I can't really break it down right now, but they're going to lose some guys. Every team is. That's just the new world Absolutely. of college football. Hey, thank you, Tony. All right. Have a good morning, Gary. Be good. Good to hear from you. All right. Before we get to the break, we're going to get Lewis in, who's been waiting as well. Hey, good morning, Lewis. Hey, morning, Gary. Hey, I, I've got a comment and I, I've got a question for you. You know, uh, I don't blame the FSU players and coaches and fans for being upset. We can see that, but but I'm so tired of the weeping and gnashing of teeth from uh, Timmy B and you know Booger McCollin and all that. But here's my question: I'm, Do you think by the time the games get around, and these are great matchups in this playoff, that all that talk it'll just be it'll fade away, or will it help? For Georgia, even though they'll have some opt-outs to put a spanking on FSU. I got nothing against FSU, but if Georgia puts a spanking on them, they ought to shut some of that stuff up, too. I'm going to hang up so I can hear it better, Gary. I'd just like for you to talk about that for a second. All Thanks, right, Lewis, good. Night. Yeah, thank you for the call. Yeah, I said it uh, earlier in the show. I think, you know, if you're an SEC fan, Alabama fan, um, you want to see Georgia beat Florida State. You do, because you beat Georgia. And Florida State... You know, it's thirteen and zero, um, and you know what the narrative is going to be if they beat Georgia. You'd like to see Georgia, you know, curb stomp them uh, again. I, you know, so hard to project these games. That's not a college football playoff game. So, how many people from Florida State and Georgia will sit out? I don't know the answer to that question. My feeling is that Georgia's culture is much like Alabama's from a buy-in standpoint. And you saw last year in the Sugar Bowl, Bryce Young played and and Will Anderson played and Jameer Gibbs played. And, you know, they were all number one draft picks, but they played in that game and Alabama blew out Kansas State. So if Georgia has its roster pretty much intact, I think they'll beat Florida State uh, in the the Orange Bowl and Florida State might have some guys sit out. You know, they got those receivers that are draft eligible. So, uh, but yeah, you'd rather see Georgia win that game. There's no doubt about it. And you'd rather... You know, if you know, worst case scenario as far as just taking a beat down on social media from the talking heads and fans will be if Alabama loses to Michigan and Georgia loses to Florida State. 
<laughs> then you better get ready. <laughs> you better get ready for a lot of uh, a lot of pushback. All right, uh, we're going to get to the break here on the Gary Harris Show. Before we do that, I do want to mention that uh, Elvis impersonator Jerome Jackson Noah is coming to Druid City Music Hall. Yeah, this is an incredible show. Uh, he does an uh, unbelievable job. Uh, Town Square is a sponsor. Town Square Radio, part of uh, you know the the network that we're in with Todd 100.9. Tell us more about it and how people can get their tickets. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the show is going to be at Druid City Music Hall. So you can go to druidcitymusichall.com to get some tickets. Uh, he's going to be playing. Uh, hey, it's like an Elvis. It's Christmas time, so I'm sure he's going to be playing some of the Christmas songs, like Blue Christmas and all those uh, from his Christmas special, as well as uh, classic Elvis songs. Um, so it's just. Go, showing up to the venue, it was packed out last year. Whenever they're here, it was like we, we were running out of room. So, uh, would love to have you to be there to join us. Uh, tickets are about $25, and uh, so you can get them on druidcitymusichall.com. It's gonna be 7 p.m. next Friday, December 15th. Yeah, it's gonna be a blast. All right, we'll be back with uh, Bart Heights on Hoops next, right here on the Gary Harris Show. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. They're playing basketball. Uh, all around the we world. Are the best uh, uh, to the beach, y'all. All right, 1034. All Welcome back here to the Gary Harris Show. Bart Heitch on Hoops joins us now, brought to you by NextGameHoops.com. And uh, Mr. Heitch has been visiting with us now for a couple years. Love getting his insight on college and SEC basketball specifically. Good morning, Bart. How we doing this morning, my guy? Doing great. Going to switch off the football uh, for a moment and get with you on some hoops. Um I don't know why you'd want to. <laughs> I was going to say it's been it's been it's been mixed reviews for the SEC so far uh, to open um, to open the season. Uh, what do you you know? Of course, a lot of these teams are playing some really tough competition. Some of them aren't, but uh, what do you think of uh, the SEC so far here in the in the pre conference <laughs> schedule portion of the uh, of the deal? Well, GH, I think that the SEC as of right now is ish if that makes sense. Yeah. The SEC, as the young kids say, is kind of mid right now. Um, it's just, it's been up and down. I don't think that the, the teams that we thought might be elite are elite. I think Tennessee is who they have been. Uh, Arkansas is going to win at home, but they're going to struggle to shoot the ball and score on the road. Kentucky's going to mesh at the end of the year. Um, you know, I know we'll get into my Bulldogs. Uh, just the, the most shocking to me, the Alabama loss at home to Clemson um, was shocking. But Clemson, that was a bad matchup for Alabama, especially on the interior. Auburn's loss the other night to App State. Um, yeah, uh, Georgia Georgia had a really big win for the conference that nobody will probably pay attention to. But later in the year, if Georgia's relevant, that win last night over Tech will help. So, you know, you go 7-7 seven seven against the ACC, but – you know, Gary, it's a long year, and we're still just now in December, so I don't think anyone needs to hit the panic button quite yet. I agree with you. Let's, let's talk Bama specifically because uh, I've watched this team obviously a lot. I mean, they can score. Um, they can get up and down the floor. they got a lot of different offensive options. Uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to boat race some teams that can't keep up with them, but when they play the good teams, when they play the physical teams, we've seen it with Ohio State. We've seen it with uh, – with Clemson, they were able to beat Oregon, uh, but they've got a three-game stretch here. You're talking about running into physicality. They're going to play um, Purdue, 
Creighton and Arizona in their next three games, and you could certainly see them losing all three of those. I hate to be a you know, uh, negative, but Alabama, can they hold up uh, when they're playing big physical experience teams defensively? I mean, I watched the Clemson game and Clemson just got the ball on the floor wherever they wanted it without a very, you know, with very little resistance. I know Coach Oates is working on it hard, but does this team have the bodies, they have the physicality, no matter how hard they want to guard in the post? Of course, not a lot of teams throw it down on the low block the way that Clemson does, but Purdue's going to do it. Arizona's going to do it. So they're about to face Crane's going to do it. Yeah, Crane's going to do it. So can they hold up? Um, You know, I think scheme comes into it. Uh, you know, we talked about it literally almost every show, probably the last two months. Of the year, how just important Bediaco was. Yeah. You cannot replace rim protection like that, Gary. He's as, he's as underrated as a rim protector and was as valuable to Alabama getting stops as anybody guarding the ball, um, especially after. See, we didn't ever talk about the fact that Alabama, after Herb Jones, defensively, Alabama wasn't elite on ball finishing play, but Bediaco was. And that erases a lot of stuff like an Eric Dampier does, um, like a Bernardo did back in the day for State. I don't know, Gary. I think you have to get creative with some double-team stuff. Uh, you know, you're about to face the biggest, best big in the country. Um, you're going to get another one in Arizona uh, who's a left, uh, number 11, I think it is. Uh, he's, a, he's a lefty. He's tough to guard. Then you're going to get Colbrenner from Creighton. So that's three. It's the skilled big, Gary. It's the, it's the two-way big that can not only guard – but they can catch it face up, pass it a little bit. The more skilled guys are the ones. And that typically is what gives SEC teams, not just Alabama, um, an issue in the post. It's just all those little tricks of ball fakes, of passes, of cuts, of being able to finish in the post. I think they can get it fixed because I, th- I do think that Nate Oates can coach defense in a way that if it continues to happen, he'll find ways to keep the ball out of there. You know, mm-hmm. automatic doubles. But if you're – Alabama does not have the luxury of this year like you saw last year, Tulu Smith go two for 10 uh, or whatever it was, the free throw line, and then one for eight from the field. That was just straight one-on-one Bediaco Tolu because they felt like they could win that matchup. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see that, Alabama fans. It's going to be a lot of double teams um, and just a lot of hell defense to stop that post. But, yes, I think over the course of the year, I think they'll be able to do it. These games will help them in conference because they're not going to see that many skilled bigs in the SEC. Martin Heights on hoops with us here, talking about the, the SEC and what has been, you know, quite frankly, a fairly disappointing start to the season. He's brought to you by NextGameHoops.com. Let's get to Auburn uh, because uh, when Broom came back, um, they've got a, you know, they got a big that's a stud, and Jani Broom is putting up huge numbers, but they're pretty uneven so far. And I and I know going into Boone, North Carolina is not a picnic, but you would expect Auburn to win that game against Appalachian State, and they didn't. They did not, um, and that, you know, if, if you look at numbers, that that, that was an eerie-looking number. Um, and, you know, just, you know, Auburn has not gone on the road. and re- They're not going to lose much at home, Gary. I mean, they're just not. That crowd, it, it may be as good of a crowd um, as there is in the league, uh, other than maybe Arkansas. And, you know, that's not a shot at any of our schools. It's just, man, those Auburn folks go watch basketball, and the students stay, and they schedule their – Time around. So at home, I think they're going to be really good. I think a lot of SEC teams are going to be that way. Broom has impressed me. He's gotten a lot better. He's expanded his game and able to score from a little bit further out. He can make a couple of face-up jump shots. He's passing it a lot better, too, and they're playing through him. Their wings, um, you know, they're, 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 
I guess, wing play slasher shoot. They're going to be great. Holloway's great. I love him. Um, and I like a couple of their pieces. But I don't. I just don't know if this Auburn team is going to be able to withstand from a depth standpoint an entire SEC season because this league is deep. And you're going to see some teams fall down a little bit from what they've been, maybe not some teams. But it's the parity, Gary. So I don't, I don't really know how to answer what is Auburn going to be. I think they're a tournament team. Um, but I just think all these teams, you've got a lot of parity. The, the mid-major is not really the mid-major anymore because you've got guys who played 200 games. We've talked about that. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, again, just like these other teams, the SEC's Mississippi State's, Alabama's, Auburn's, Florida's, those teams have showed glimpses of being really good at times, but the consistency is just not quite there yet. And I think that's because you've got a lot of new guys. But, yeah, I think Auburn's going to get – I think Auburn's a tournament team. Um, that would be about my expectation for Auburn right now. Let's get to your Bulldogs. Um, and, um, listen, I, I was surprised they lost in Atlanta to Georgia Tech, but it's Georgia Tech. It's the SEC-ACC Challenge. But and, – and, obviously, you know – when you're when you're missing Tulu Smith, that impacts your team. But to lose to Southern University out of the swack at home, I mean, I I hate to say this, but to me, that's as stunning a loss as I've seen in college basketball this season. Oh, there's zero issue. UMass Lowell over Georgia Tech was one. I mean, there's some of those buy games you see Rossing posting all the time. But Gary, this just but it started in Atlanta. I went to Atlanta, and I was, you know, the, the energy, man, the energy just wasn't there. Mm. To get. The body language wasn't there. Now, I will say this about Damon Stoudemire. His game plan was excellent um, against Mississippi State. And he didn't throw it in the post so Mississippi State could double and mm-hmm. run their uh, their coverages, which obviously gets state turnovers and, and helps them get out and get some points in transition. But it's you got a lot of guys that are that Coach James is trying to mention. you got 11, 12 guys, Gary that legitimately can play and finding minutes, but more importantly, finding combinations to where guys are comfortable. You've only got 40 minutes in a game, and when you start breaking that down, guys are getting less than 15. And I think the, I think Hubbard being so dominant as a freshman um, and such a scoring factor that, that State didn't have, I think State gets caught a, a times here and there watching a little bit, watching him go create, watching him go play. But to lose that game and the way you lost it, Gary, to lose a – on a 15-2 to two, like run at the end of the game, a 12-0 run to lose the game at home, it ain't the score. The scoring's a problem, but you couldn't get stopped. And that's an effort thing. Uh, it's an effort thing. I think there's just some, 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 some playing time things and issues from body language standpoint that I haven't seen yet. But these are probably things, to be quite honest, Coach Christians hasn't gone through a lot because he, he's an 8-9 eight, eight, rotation guy. Is it fixable? Yeah. Do we need Tolu back? Yeah. Um, will everything hinge on that for the season? Absolutely, it will. Um, but at least you didn't. At least you didn't go out and say they had Final Four talent uh, like I did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, they, and, I don't know if it get any worse. They still may have it. You know, I mean, again, it's it's like you said, it's basketball. Um, another team that I, I really thought, you know. Kentucky in that second half against Miami, I thought, boy, they found something. I mean, they absolutely, in that second half, just destroyed a good basketball team. You know, they still only had the one loss to Kansas, and they took that game down to the wire when Kansas was number one. And then they get beat at home by UNC Wilmington. Make, make it make some sense for me. Bart? 
stops with this. Okay. When they're getting hey, stopped, pick, pick, they're pick, really pick, good. Pick, some reason you, you cut out for just a minute. Pick it back up. Make uh, UNC Wilmington over Kentucky make sense. All right, let me. Can you hear me now, bud? Yeah, I got you. Got you. All right, I'm gonna pull over right here. I'm in a bad area in Marion County. Um, I believe that Kentucky is going to be good when they get stopped. Those young kids feed off their energy uh, on the defensive end, and they can score in bunches. They're not going to be as dynamic as you will see them be until they get those big right. seven footers sure. back. Sh- Shepard is a key, I believe, for them because he brings a different energy, and he's one of those crowd energizers at home that I feel like when Shepard gets going, the legacy factor. But, man, they got some guys. Reeves can get it going really quick. I like the other point guard. Um, the bigs inside are serviceable, but it's the defense with Kentucky that's going to get them going. Again, Gary, parity. You're going to see more teams lose games than you used to on those lo- these lull Christmas games, right? Like when you play on a Sunday like State did or when you play on a Sunday like Kentucky did, you're going to see some teams lose those games. Because these teams they're playing have got a lot of guys that have played a lot of basketball. College is older now, and when it and and the older college gets, the more experienced college gets. Team name doesn't matter as much anymore. It matters about how many games you play and who can make the plays and do what they do the best. That's why you're seeing some of these teams upset. You know, these mid majors come in and just beat people and they're not really be a thing to them. All right, uh, and I'm going to be real honest. I haven't paid too much attention to their schedules, but I did not expect Ole Miss and South Carolina to be the only <laughs> two undefeated teams left in the SEC on uh, December the 6th. Yeah, it's been a tough three, four weeks for Mississippi State folks dealing with, uh, <laughs> dealing with Ole Miss. <laughs> um, and they just went there winning close games, man, yeah. and those close games matter. They beat a good NC State team. See, people forget that Keats is that coach that was at Wilmington that took them to those two NCAA championships. And they and NC State's going to get Cam Woods back from a waiver, I think, the kid from Birmingham that I love so much. I think NC State's going to be relevant. I think the ACC is the sneaky best conference in the nation, actually, Gary. Some of those Tech teams, I know Tech lost to Georgia – uh, last night, but you're just you're going to see some teams win games and some names. Boston College, mm-hmm. Clemson, those are some other teams. Um, but you know, as far as Ole Miss goes, huge win over Memphis, somewhat of a rivalry game. Uh, the NC State win is great. The schedule has, has lined up. They haven't really had to go out and face adverse competition away from their like kind of home surrounding area a little bit. Beard can coach though. I, you know, I, that, that, I didn't want, I didn't, I don't, Lane Kiffin and Chris Beard at Ole Miss is not good for state fans. I've said that since that tandem has happened. Beard's going to win wherever he yeah, is. The he guy is. Can coach. So he I'm is. not surprised. South Carolina, I'm not, I, I, Beard will get Ole Miss relevant this season. South Carolina, I'm saying let's pump the brakes a little bit and let's just see once they get into some more meaningful games. Yeah, yeah, we are. All right, uh, Tennessee 5-3, and three, and I think they were pretty much the pick as the best team in the SEC. But at this point, it still is early, but who is your pick right now for from what based on what you've seen to this point, the best team in the Southeastern Conference? I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> um, can, I, can I say this? Can I, say, can I ask where the game is? <laughs> if, if, it's at, if it's in Fayetteville, I don't want to play Arkansas ever. Right. Um, they're going to be dynamic at home, man. Right. They really are. Uh, that, that, that team is perfect for the energy that they can bring. Um, I don't think there's a clear-cut team right now, Gary. Um, if I had to say on a neutral fort what team would I take over anybody else just based on who they've played and what they've 
seen, it would be Tennessee. Um, because they've stayed in those games, and they haven't played perfect. They haven't played great. But they haven't played their best against that elite competition either, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee's still got some room to improve. Um, I, you know, it would I would say Alabama probably if you didn't have the Clemson loss. Gary, I don't think there's a clear-cut best team. Um, A&M, at times, when A&M's backcourt plays really well, I would roll with them, but you've seen them lose too. So right now, I, I think you've got a bunch of good, really good teams up there at the top, but I don't think you have that one team who's quite clearly the best in the league at this point. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right, before we get out of here, before we let you uh, get a plug in, I do want to ask you about your reaction to Jeff Levy uh, being hired uh-huh. as the football coach at Mississippi State coming in from Oklahoma. I, I guess the assumption is he's going to bring Dylan Gabriel, another one of these guys that feels like he's been playing college football for 11 years, in as the quarterback. Uh, your reaction? I would love to have Dylan Gabriel. I don't know that our hands reach that high. I hope they do. I'm fine with Levy, man. I trust Zach Feldman. I've said it from day one. I think Zach Feldman is dynamic. All our fans are going crazy because Manny hired his boy and his boy's hiring his boys. And you know what? Let the guy work. I'm on a tech speed with a bunch of my guys, but if I got a big opportunity, I'd bring them all with me too. So I'm fine with it. I think he brings he brings a style that we got to have a different style, Gary, in Mississippi mm-hmm. State in football. And you know we and you and we all know that. Um, and so I think he brings that. Uh, and I'm just hey, let's just let's let's get back to having fun, having positivity, not so much of just the cloud that's been over since Coach Lee's passed away. It's going to take some time to get out of that. I don't have any problem with the hire. I'm excited. But, as again, I trust Zach Feldman. And so if it's his guy, my guy. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. Let's uh, let's get the plug in before we close it out. All right, man. Well, first I want to say congratulations to all the Alabama fans, man. I doubted it again. I doubted the GOAT again. Um, I'm pulling for you. Go represent the SEC. Uh, roll tight on that. Next Game Hoops, NGH podcast. You can look it up on Next Game Hoops and at Next Game Hoops on Twitter. The high school basketball podcast, uh, high school state of Alabama talent, all the good players about the Supreme Courts in Gunnersville. Uh, we're just talking ball and trying to teach ball through a podcast and then update on everyone on what's going on. One quick thing tonight, get on NFHS Friday evening, Huntsville versus Hoover. Number oh, wow. 15 in the country yeah. versus number 31 in the country at Huntsville. I can't go. I got to do South Alabama game on that on Saturday early. Watch Huntsville, Hoover, or go. Christian Swears versus Scott Ware. It is the place to be Friday night. Thank you so much, Bart. You are the man, Gary Harris. Yeah, and don't forget, never doubt Dick Saban, okay? Ever. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bar. It is uh, 1051 here on the Gary Harris Show. Uh, we got to get to a final break this hour being brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. But we have time, I think, probably squeezing one phone call. If you want to give us a ring on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. Noah and I will be back to wrap it up right after this. Spoiled supermarket meats. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Patterson Comer. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today, colder, the high 52. Tonight, a freeze likely clear with a low at 30. Tomorrow and Friday, the sky mostly sunny both days with a warming trend. The high tomorrow 59, the high Friday at 65. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 48 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama Crimson Tide lives right here. One hundred point nine. Ten fifty six. We're winding it down. About to put a bow on this edition of the Gary Harris Show. I want to clear something up. Make sure I'm clear on this because I got a text from someone. I'm not saying that Dylan Gabriel is going to Mississippi State. When I was interviewing Bart, I just said, you know, I was connecting the dots. Jeff Levy leaves Oklahoma to become the head coach of Mississippi State. Gabriel goes to the portal. Um, but I do understand he's also looking, obviously, at Oregon and, you know, uh, maybe Dylan Gabriel is looking for a big NIL deal. But I was just thinking in terms of, you know, I was making an assumption there with Jeff Levy leaving and Gabriel in the portal and Levy being his offensive coordinator the last two years at OU. Maybe there's a connection there, but I don't know that's going to happen. We'll just have to see. But we do know that Dylan Gabriel is in the portal and Jeff Levy is the head coach at Mississippi State. So we'll see what happens there. But this portal's crazy. I mean, it's... Uh, I, I still don't think this is a sustainable model for college football, but you know what? We evolve and and we'll see. But the uh, portal is going to be nuts here in the next few weeks. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Gary Harris Show. It's been brought to you the second hour has by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Also want to thank all of our great sponsors that make the show possible. A reminder to catch me on TV tonight with your local sports on WVUA 23. And then back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show, Coach Ellis Johnson will join us to break it all down in terms of Alabama and uh the college football playoff. So that's coming up tomorrow. All right. Miller's Edge is next at the top of the hour. For Noah Haynes, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. Another gorgeous day outside. Enjoy the beautiful weather, and I'll talk to you again in the morning at 9 a.m. Thank you for listening to The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. You know! Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. In the midst of Christmas,